It's a deep cry in him to reach to people, to see the nation reached with the word, to see people come from worthless idols to the true living God. He has a heart of a father saying, oh, whom shall I send? Who can go? Do you have a heart that can hear the heart of the father? And are you willing to go? You know, when Isaiah heard those words and said, yes, I will go, send me, here I am, it was easy said, hard done. He said, here I am, send me, it was easy. But you know when it, was not, it came time to do it, at one time he was told, Isaiah, this is what I want you to do. This guy has become so stubborn. They are so materialistic. They are not hearing what I'm saying. And this is what I want you to do. Take off all your clothes and walk naked for three months. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Take off all your clothes, walk barefoot and naked three months and they can, they can see that if they don't return, they will do like that going to Babylon. Do you know, it doesn't matter what the world may say. The world is thirsty for the reality of who Christ is. And they want to see that in us who are disciples of Jesus Christ. What's the purpose of the church? For those who have come to Kenya, you, you know Ugali. How many know Ugali? Yeah, can see, you know Ugali. Uh, in order for the church to accomplish its purpose, the church must learn the recipe of making disciples. You know, if I want to make Ugali, I have five recipes that I'll use and I'll get ugali. To make ugali, ugali is, those who have not seen it, maybe Pastor Eric, explain to us what is ugali, how does it look like in you, that they can understand. Now, that's ugali. But how do you make it? One, you use unga, unga, say unga, then you use boiled water. And your purpose is to make ugali. You use unga, boiled water. What are you making? Ugali. And while you are making ugali, you mix unga. You mix it. You stir that corn. You stir it. And having unga, boiling water, Making ugali, stirring that unga without fire, it's not ugali. <laughs> you need to maintain that 100 degree boiling point of water as you're making that ugali. If you don't maintain that degree, ugali cannot be eaten. You will not eat it, it's yucky. Mm. How do you make cookies? I know you're expert in that, all of you. <laughs> I, can't, I don't have much to say that. But here are five ingredients of making cookies. Number one, 
you use flour. You add sugar. You make, and what are you, what are you making? Cookies. When you use flour, you add sugar. What are you making? Cookies. Then you mix two eggs and you bake it at 400 degrees. Keep it at that hot. At the end you'll have cookies. How then do you make disciples? One, you evangelize. Paul is telling Timothy, preach the word. Tell them. Wherever you are, tell them. You know how I, how I, how I preach the word? So simple. After I pray that prayer in Psalms 143 verse 10, teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on a level ground. Then I come in contact with somebody. That's a, that's a candidate for salvation. And I'm prepared. Then I take initiative because successful Witnessing is simply taking an action, taking initiative, and share the love of Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit, but you leave the results to God. How do you, what is the recipe for making disciples? Evangelism. Number two, fellowship. Do you want to be a disciple? Are you in fellowship? Because in fellowship, that's when you are learning to appreciate what God has done in the family and what God intends to do with you and for you and through you. It's in fellowship. Some of them was just, they came together and they ate the bread. And God, in sincerity of heart, and God added. God did the adding because of that uh, sincerity of fellowship. When we evangelize and we fellowship, what are we making? Disciples. Hello? When we evangelize, you know, I have a guy that came to the Lord early this year and, uh, and just I marvel, I marvel at what God is doing in his life. This was a Muslim. I went to the bank. We went to buy the shares for our region. And this guy was extraordinary. A security guy that was always helping others. I mean, he was, he was super, super helpful. And I pulled up my card and I gave it to him. Say, hey, I have something for you. Two months later, he called me. And uh, we, we, we connected together. This guy, the, the biological father wanted to sacrifice him, kill him, for their gods. And he ran for his life. As I begin to hear him, the pain he was going through, the Lord gave me a, a message, a shortcut. Said, with all those problems, here's the shortcut. Repent, forgive them, accept Jesus. And he got saved. As I'm talking, the, I'm discipling him. He's growing like a wheat. He's growing. In fact, he is growing. 
He has quit his job. He's in business. He is doing well. The other day, about a month ago, somebody messed up his business. And when that person messed up his business, another man told him, you give us 5,000, we'll take care of him. We'll kill him. He just said, wow. And, and then he came, dad, what do you say? I say, well, what do you think? He said, I can't kill because the Bible said no. So, so what next? We prayed and God took care of that situation. And today, God has opened doors for him. What does he do? Simple. Just makes the fruit salad and in his house and then sell it to people in the offices. And he's making much more than what he was making as a security man. And he is there typing. He's there leading others to the Lord. When we learned that, my wife began a fellowship in their home called Covenant. Just him and his wife, the number have grown to eight. In fact, just a few, uh, few hours ago, they had a big fellowship for all the couples in that area, touching men for Jesus. Are you in fellowship? We make disciples when you're in fellowship. Teaching and equipping the saints. That is one recipe. The recipes for making cookies, unga or flour, sugar, add sugar, make cookies, add two eggs, bake it at 400 degrees. Recipe for making disciples, evangelize. You have to evangelize. Do evangelism. Do it do it with your life. Do it on, because you have been with Jesus. You know how Jesus behaved. Behave like him. Talk like him. Allow him to use you. And that is evangelism. Then those who have gotten to know him, draw them in fellowship. And in fellowship, God will add the number. As they come in fellowship, teach them and equip the saints. Number, ingredient number five, or recipe number five, this is a hot one. This is a hot one. This is a tough one. Remember, the cookies, 400 degrees. Remember, ugali, maintain boiling, 100. What about the disciples? Be, be an example in holiness. Be yourself an example in holiness. You know what Paul told Titus. Paul sent Titus back to Crater. Crater was an island that had all sorts of things. Crater were greedy. Crater were all, name it, they were all there. Hello? And you know what he told, he told Paul, he told um, Titus, Titus 1.15, to the pure, everything is pure. But to those who are defiled, in fact, nothing is pure. Even their very conscience is defiled. When men think that men, a man and man can get married and call it a family, they are defiled. They may not want to hear it, but they are defiled. But it will take you who know God. It will take you who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. To stand and say, you know, 
You know what, what is causing breakage in families? It's not the weaknesses in those families. There's no family without weaknesses. Not even one. What is causing families to fall apart is lack of commitment. When there's commitment, you'll fight through all those weaknesses. But with no, there's no commitment, you try this, doesn't work. You try that, doesn't work. Friends, no one is truly successful in God's eye if his family is a mess. In, you may have vehicles, you may have whatever, but if the family is a mess, before God you are not successful. You may have good money in account. You may have good jobs. But if the family is a mess, before God, no success. Here is my, here is my life legacy. Here is George Macomanda's life legacy. My life legacy is to win persons to Christ. But equipped sons and daughters to multiply and make disciples. While planting and make, planting ch- disciple-making churches, pursuing to finish the Great Commission. In my neighborhoods, in whatever I want, that's what I want to pursue. You know, the Great Commission has become the great omission to the Church of Christ today. Paul, Paul's last word to his son Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, he says this word, But you, keep your eye on what you are doing. Hello? Timothy must be doing something. From message Bible says, But you, keep your eye on what you are doing. What are you doing to advance the kingdom of God? The purpose of the church is to make disciples. Keep your eye on it. Accept the hardship along with good. The hardship. A week before I came over for this trip, I took a team of six to an unreached area for reaching out. Before going, we took time of fasting and praying. I taught them spiritual warfare. And when we went there, their eyes got bigger and bigger because God used them tremendously and over 10 people came to the Lord. Just in more than two days. And I talked to my sister today, they are going to church. Out of 10, three are co- no, four are committed, now are being discipled. Friends, my dear brothers, Paul is saying, keep your eye at what you are doing. Keep the message alive. Make it alive. You know, you can keep your eyes as a dead message. Keep it alive. Do a thorough job for God. Do it thoroughly. Most important aspect of the church is the product we produce. That is the mature disciples. I want to give you six keys. Six keys of disciple-making church. Key number one. You know, keys are important. Hello? 
no, you have a, have a room like this and you don't have the key, you don't know which one to open, it will be very hard. But you have the keys, you know where to open. Key number one, it's right there. Make it simple. Put it before the people. Let them know what's our role. Make it simple. Love. Only two people had it. Love. How do you love God? Jesus said it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Can I see those who love God here? Oh, there are few. If you love God, John 14, 21. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And what is my commandment? Teach them my word, whether near or far. Tell them. So, statement of the church's purpose must be made very clear, which have been done here. That is what Habakkuk was told. Make it clear in a board. Let the herald run with it. Let everybody see it. Thank you, my dear friend, for making it clear that they can see. Give a definition who a disciple is. A disciple is a man who is becoming and is being more like Christ. You know, when I went to Kaloleni 10 years ago, to the church, Pastor Eric counted everybody who was there. And there were how many? 11. He counted even the children. And I got there and I was such a bad pastor that all 11 left me. I mean, I got there on my, on my vehicle and I took my bicycle. I visited all of them on Sunday. They would want to come after they have eaten. The service, we all agree, service starts at 9. They want to come at midday. I said, no, no, I'm not going to waste my time here. I began to reach out to new ones. By God's grace, we are now into 100 plus. Plus the children. Hello? Reach out to them. Who is a disciple? Becoming more like Jesus. Then we have these Islam children coming to our school. We have a school. And they come in with dirty language. They come in, oh gosh. They come in and they're just wild. Because they're coming from Islamic area that they're on their own. Nobody's teaching them. They are arrogant. They are, name it, they are just terrible. And they come to our school, we just love them, we hug them, but we tell them, no bad language. And they ask them to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me, we are weak, but he is strong. And as they sing, we help them, they go back singing the same song. Parents, are coming to say, hey, what do you give our children? They're well behaved. <laughs> they are changed. Hello? Who is a disciple? Becoming more like Jesus. In your home, are your children, are you discipling your children? Something I'll never forget. Over 15 years ago, I visited Norman Willis, Norman Mercy, and I stayed in their home. And he called one of his sons who was busy in his, in his um, uh, video shooting, video whatever. And just at one call, that young man jumped and said, yes, dad, here I am. And I said, no, 
what do you do to this young man to do, I mean, to come just like that? And he took me for breakfast with one of his, with the youngest one. And he told me, you disciple them when they are young, one on one. And you know what I did? I picked up that and began discipling my own children. Hello? Discipling my own children. I have three. I have a boy who is 27, a girl who is 22, the young one 19. I discipled them in the ways of God. They are, they are unique, they are different, but I must understand them and disciple them one by one. The definition of disciple, please. Keep your vision simple. It is there. Disciples that are there, make it, make that de definition. They are becoming and they are being. Key number three. Statement limiting responsibility of staff. As you grow, you're going to have staffs, more other staffs. There must be a statement limiting what they should do. Otherwise, if we expect Eric to be in everything, hello? You know what? It is so hard to have many children if you don't, if you can't take care of them. Because babies who are not growing up, all they do is they cry. They wet their dappies, they cry. They want food, they cry. I mean, but disciples, they rise up and take responsibility. The disciples, they know, pastor doesn't have to visit me because I'm in a group that I'm taking care of and pastor knows what's going on through the leader. Are we together? Otherwise, he'll, he'll get burned up and Liz will remain lonely. He's married to Liz, not to the church. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you know, I mean, you didn't get that. He, Eric is married to Liz, not to the church. <laughs> Jim told me this. Jim Hammond told me this. That God talked to him and told him, Jim, the more you'll never love the church more than you love Phyllis. Today, the church is not there to take care of, of, of Jim, but Phyllis is there. Hello? I love Rhoda. She's a great lady to me. She's helping me. I know we, we, we love the church, but I'm married to Rhoda, not the church. Key number four. Key number four, a statement defining responsibility of pastoral and lay pastors. There should be a very clear statement. Stating very clear what are the responsibility of pastor and lay leaders. Key number five, a list of functioning of every ministry. Key number six, principles that are helpful. You know, here is a church. Here is a church equation growth. If we can only, I mean, G is equal to S minus B. G is equal to S minus B. G is the amount of growth your church is going to experience. S is simultaneous ability to grow that God 
put in every church. But B is the obstacles that we put in or we allow that must be removed. Friends, as I wind up, for this church to make an impact in Notcha and make a big difference, we must be, be disciples of Jesus Christ. And we must be with Jesus to learn from him and then go out and live it out in our community, in our own homes. Then you're going to see the church that is making a difference, a disciple-making church that is finishing the Great Commission. I want to pray for you. If you are here today and there's something in you, there's something in you saying, Pastor George, I see, I see something that God is putting in my, my life. I, see, I have a dream. Are you here and God is calling you for something? God is giving you a direction. God is pulling you somewhere. But you are struggling. How do I get there? You know, the one who began good work in us, he is able to bring it to completion. When Mary simply said, I am the Lord's servant, let it be unto me, she did not know what was going to happen next, but she availed herself. When Isaiah said, here I am, send me, he did not know what was going to happen, but being a valuable, the Lord used him. Friends, this church is going to go and take many territories because there's a man called Dennis Trout. I lived with him some times back, and he told me of his plan to build a house that will take his children and his grandchildren and look like all it was all his. But God showed him something beyond where he was. He could see it. He could talk about it. And though he's gone, that thing is there. What is God showing you for your life and for the life of this church? Begin to see it. You can begin to touch it. You can begin to look at it. And you will see it come to pass. If you are here and you are feeling like you don't have strength to do it, could you stand on your toes that I can pray with you for God's help? Father God, we come before you. We feel helpless at times like the little children. But Lord, all begins when you say, yes, here I am, send me. Jehovah God, here are men and women standing and saying, make us to be disciples who are going to be disciple makers who will finish up the Great Commission. Thank you for every individual here whom you have joined their heart together with Eric and Lisa. Lord, as they learn of you and live of you, Lord, begin to do extraordinary things in their life, opening their understanding, causing them, Lord, to see the territories, being the Joshua's, being the Caleb's, Lord, that they will be standing and saying, this is my territory that the Lord has given me. Father, bless this church in a mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. God bless you.